0: Some even call them the best so I'm going ride with idols I lose so classic go, like set said CDs and vinyls you already know it's top of my show right. Right. right 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 welcome back to another episode of quarantine and rap I go by the name of Ray Pearson I go by the name of Jimmy Lowes and man oh man what a wonderful amazing way to end off season two but we're gonna get right to it the date July 14th 2018 location Brooklyn New York under the Brooklyn Bridge my condition I was battling a stomach bug but I still managed to get my ass out to Brooklyn the event the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival performers included collaborate latasha static selector mister c ferro Monch, blackstar Yasin Bey, a.k.a. Mos Def, and Talib Kweli. But our guest tonight also rocked the stage. He performed Cuts Off of in Celebration of Us. I walked out of that venue not only wanting to be on that stage, but also more in love with hip-hop. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Quarantine A Rap, Brooklyn's very own Sky Zoo.
1: What's up? What's up? Dan, how, how do I follow that up, man? Um, I should just leave now. How do I follow that up? What up? What up? I, I appreciate all the words, man. I appreciate you wanting to get even deeper into hip hop once, you know, once I got off the stage, man. That that's that's a hell of an honor, man. So thank you.
0: No doubt. I was when when that whole thing happened, um, I was not at a crossroads because I had just released something um prior to that um festival, but um my thing like I went through sonic bids to try to get on the stage. I was considered, but I wasn't chosen. But I felt, you know what? Based off the lineup alone, I'm still gonna get out there. Went out there with my brother and my cousin. And it was just that I, I was there, not only getting past like the stomach bug, because I was still feeling it that day, but it was like, oh man, I walked out of there as like, I know what needs to be done. And wow. you know, what I mean, you you played a big part in you know, if, if I had any fogginess of direction that cleared the path that needed to be cleared and, you know, salute to you, man.
1: Wow. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that, man. That's, that's what this is about, paying it forward, man. So I'm honored to have been able to do that. You know what I mean?
0: Word. But, um, before, before we get into all the brilliant things, I did say it right, right? Yep. All right. Before we get into all the brilliant things for those who are unaware who are some of your musical influences
1: oh man um let's see in hip-hop i mean we go with the trinity of biggie jay-z Nas, of course uh black star most definitely kwali uh black thought the genius ray uh as in Ray um andre 3000 outcast all that scarface and, and all the storytelling he did and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a nice smorgasbord of, of MCs, and that's just hip hop. I mean, outside of that, if you know me, you know I'm a jazz head, I listen to more jazz than hip hop. So, um, Miles Davis, of course, I mean, I named my son Miles after Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Horace Silver, Lee Morgan, uh, Art Blakey. Uh, it's a long, long list of those types of individuals that I could get into, you know, if, if the listeners may or may not be privy to those those artists. So, yeah. Word and that's a dope combination. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a jazz head, you know. I mean, of course I'm a hip-hop head because I rap for a living, and you know, for me it was hip-hop before everything. I became a jazz head later in life, you know. As a kid, my dad used to play jazz in the truck and I would always turn it off and turn the hot 97, and we would go back and forth, CD 101.9, hot ninety-seven, we would go back <laughs> and forth, you know what I mean? And he was like, yo, stop touching the radio. And I'd be like, I literally would tell him, I was like, yo, this music is stupid. It don't even have words to it. And then he would say, one day you're going to appreciate this stupid music. And then mm-hmm. oh man, it hit me hard. I was like 19 and it hit me with a haymaker, man. And I was done. I was like, yeah, this is everything. I listen to more jazz than hip hop now.
0: Wait, which is, and that's crazy because y'all don't lie. I used to see the same thing to my parents because yeah. they used to play bambata um Curtis Blow run DMC, but being younger is like it like hip hop was always there. I it wasn't connecting with me how it connects now, but as I grew older, it's like you appreciate what was the, the path that was paved, and you appreciate those artists that you know, Rock Kane, um, Fat Boy, So, like, you know, I definitely could relate to, to that feeling of wanting to listen to what you listen to, but not understanding what was being played to you right
2: right right
1: no sure
0: um do you remember the first beat you ever wrote to
1: oh wow um i don't but it was probably wow that's a crazy question i never got asked that so i started rhyming when i was nine uh 1991 or so going into 92 something like that i was nine years old and Chi Ali, AJ, Nothing But A Number. That was the record that made me want to rap. I was a hip-hop fan already because hip-hop surrounded you. Like you said, it was everywhere. So I lived on the 18th floor in the P's. Like I lived up high on the 18th floor in the Jex or whatever. So you look out the window, and the park is right out there, and the guys is out there with the sobs and the outies and the you know and the jeeps and all that, shooting dice and you know, hustling and doing the thing, and hip-hop was blasting out of the speakers. So you you were surrounded by it. You know, the guys in the in the in the stairwell next to my my crib, you know, my, my apartment was right by the stairwell. So if heads was in the stairwell blowing it down, you could smell it. Like it would seep under the under the door, you know what I mean? So, which my mother was never a fan of. Um, so heads would be in the stairwell bumping hip hop. Like it was around you, no matter what you did. But it was Chi Ali, AJ nothing but a number that made me freeze and be like, I wanna do that. So uh it was probably writing to something, maybe that or around that. Because you know what? The first time I wrote wasn't to a beat. You know, what happened was I saw the video for AJ, nothing but a number video music box, Ralph McDaniels, all that. I saw the video and immediately I went and started writing like immediately. So it wasn't really to no beat, but yeah, that's a hell of a question, man. Um, I remember writing for a talent show in the fifth grade. What beat was we using? I think it was an Edo OG beat. I don't remember. Or well, it might have been a positive K beat. That's crazy though. That's a wild question. <laughs> That's dope.
0: Where when you when you think about um when you think about the the sound of today's rap music, what is something that you wish could have been taught to this new younger generation of um rap artists?
1: The idea of balance. Balance, mm-hmm. you know, I think. We live in a generation now. When it comes to hip hop, you know, you and it's always kind of been like this, but it's becoming more prevalent now because of how large hip hop has gotten. But you've got your, you know, your mainstream. You got your mainstream shit. You got your trap shit, which bleeds into the mainstream. But then you got more of the, the commercialized, poppy mainstream hip hop as well. But the trap, trap runs mainstream hip hop for the most part. You got your quote unquote underground backpack. You got your 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 super street underground rap, Griselda and, and all my guys, all those guys over there And you got your nerd rap, which is like really nerded out for lack of a better term. And that's not derogatory. That's just what it is. You know, you got all these different sub genres in hip hop, which make it beautiful, but there's no balance of like, I'm a fan of this and that and that, or turning on the radio and hearing this and this and this, or going to see a show and it's this, this and this, you know, like that used to be the thing back in the day. Like you would turn on the radio, and you would hear Public Enemy, and then you would hear Kid and Play, and then you would hear Eric being rock Rakim, and then you would hear NWA, and then it would come back around to BDP. And it was all these different subgenres within hip-hop, you know, and, and that's over with. You know, if the radio was playing one vibe, you know, SoundCloud is one vibe, you know, it's just like, you know, it's, it's what it is. And the guys who's Migos fans, they don't see how they could also be, a uh, Sky Zoo, Lupe, Kendrick fan, or, you know, like, and vice versa, you know, and that's, I, I don't like that, you know, because there's times for all different types of subgenres in hip hop. If I'm in a strip club hanging out, having a dope Friday night, there's a certain type of rap that I do not want to hear. And there's a certain type of rap that I do want to hear. You know what I mean? Like, right. if I'm in a strip club, play Migos, play Future, play, um, you know, Nikki or whoever, you know what I'm saying? Play all that. Like, because that's the vibe, that's the energy, that's the moment. And then if I'm taking a road trip, play Kendrick, play Cole, play me, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what it's about. It's balance. You need all that. You can't have McDonald's every single day, and you're definitely going to get tired of salad every single day. You know what I mean? Like, it's a balance, you know? So I think that's lost. The, the previous generation had that under control.
0: Word. And um and knowing that you, you said that about radio playing one vibe, does does that ever affect your music or like what are essential tools that you use like college radio like what are essential tools that sky zoo uses that a lot of people may still sleep on today
1: uh street team i grew up in an era of posters everywhere stickers everywhere flyers everywhere street team. Like, I still believe in that. As much as everybody's looking down on their phone when they're walking, I still believe in when you get on a train, you see Sky Zoo stickers. Or, you know, when you come outside of a spot before COVID, you come outside of a venue and there's flyers on the floor that the album's coming out in two weeks. You know, like, I still believe in street team. You know what I mean? Like, I I believe in that. I interned at Priority and and did street team when I was in high school for like three months. And it was the coolest shit in the world at the time because you went up to the label and got mad posters and stickers and mad cassette tapes. And you know what I mean? And, and you, you had a blast, like I'm 15 and I got to go to work at the label for free. Like it was the coolest shit in the world. You know what I mean? Like B team shit, you know what I'm saying? Like it was was live, but um, I, I still believe in that as much as I use the internet, like, you know, we're here right now because you emailed me and we was able to converse and kick it and build on this. I still believe in the physical element as well. Same thing with product, like, you know, with, Actual albums, yeah, everybody's streaming, but people want something tangible. That's why vinyl came back full circle. You know, vinyl sales are through the roof. Like if you're pressing up vinyl now, it's a six-month wait to get your shit done because it's so backed up. Because the major labels got on it. The indie artists and the indie labels never left it. Because as an indie artist, when I go on the road and I bang out a show, the merch game is it. And they buying vinyl, they buying vinyl and t-shirts, vinyl and t-shirts. Like they want vinyl but a nostalgia effect and just being able to tap in on that level, the major labels caught wind of that. So now they've flooded the record plants with vinyl requests. Yo, we need all this Drake. We need all this Future. We need all this Migos. We need all this Tyler, whatever, whatever. Like they've jumped on top of that wave, you know?
0: Word. And um, like when you, because I'm sure you've strolled through Manhattan um, and I'm sure you've seen the the rappers out there that are still handing out cds
1: mm-hmm. still um, selling them. or
0: do you feel like they mm, how do i how do i phrase this do you feel like they're probably making a mistake by selling the cds
1: absolutely absolutely and some of them might be making a bunch of money so they might hear me and be like nah he bugging but as somebody who was out there like somebody who in 2003, four, five, six, was standing in front of Fat Beats before it closed, I never sold a CD to nobody on the street because nobody knew who I was. I was giving them shits out for free. You know what I mean? Like, perfect example, I remember giving out mixtapes in 2005. It was a particular mixtape I had, and I was standing in front of Fat Beats, and I would literally just hand them out. So off the rip, when somebody walked by, and you going, yo, 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 They're gonna be like, nah, I'm good because they think you want five or $10 out of them. My response would be, nah, it's free. Soon as you say that, they're like, oh, all right. If it's free, I'll take it. And if it's if I don't like it, I'll just throw the shit out. But it was free. I ain't losing no money. It's free. And if I like it, hey, I got something for free that I like. So they would take it. So fast forward to 2009. This is 05. Fast forward to 2009. I'm doing an in-store, in-fat beats for my debut album, Salvation. So I'm signing autographs and doing the thing or whatever. Whatever. Dude comes up to me. I never forget comes up to me, yo, man, I'm a huge fan. He buys the album, take a picture, I sign it, whatever. And he was like, yo, I met you in front of a spot and you gave me your CD and you gave it to me for free. That CD never left my car. This is four years later. He was like, that's why I'm here today. Cause you made me a fan four years ago by giving me your free music. Now, if I would've said, yo, 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 $5, $5. I'm just out here trying to eat. I'm out here all day. I'm trying to get a dollar slice from the 99 cent spot. Boom, boom, boom. You know, I would have never, never had son as a fan and however many countless other people that had the same story. So I always tell them kids, like, a lot of them wouldn't want to hear it because they do get paid off that and that is how they make their money. But I'm like, if your goal is just that, then that's cool. If your goal is using this as a stepping stone to become an artist that's able to have a career and do all the types of shit that I'm doing, they'll give all that shit out for free, man. You know what I mean? Like, because nobody's buying something where they don't know what it is. Like, imagine going to a store and somebody hand you a brown bag, like, yo, $20. And you know, like, yo, what the fuck is this? Yo, don't worry about it. It's $20. Just It's $20. Just take it. What's in the bag for $20? Yo, don't worry about it. Just take it home. Nobody knows what it is. Like, the music could be awesome. The music could be trash. Like, no one's going to buy that. You know what I mean? So get a shit out for free and have a way for people to be able to reconnect, whether it's your social media and contact and all that shit on the artwork and whatever, whatever, and having your your, your presence out there. So when they hear this shit, like, yo, this shit is kind of crazy. And they look you up. Yo, yo, yeah, you gave me your shit on 42nd and 8th. Yo, your shit was jumping, bro. Boom, boom, boom. I'm following you now. Now you got them locked in. Like, I always thought that was that was weird. But I, I respect it because I know a lot of them do that and they may make a couple hundred dollars a day. I hate the the hounding people element, though. Like harass. Yeah. Yo, motherfucker, come on, come on. You got the tourists from out of town and out of the country that don't know no better. I, I don't like that element. But I respect the grind because I was out there. I just gave my shit out for free.
0: Word. Um... Yeah, definitely. And like I had that experience one time I was at a I was at a show and um, someone was walking around trying to sell his CD, which is cool. You know, much respect you, know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and we had CDs, but we were giving them out for free. Yep. So he came up to us and was like, hey, listen, you know, like, first of all, I didn't have the ca- I didn't have enough cash on me um, because I had to get in the door. Right. And I was unaware of that being someone that was performing. It was a it was a miscommunication, so I told him, "Hey, listen, I don't have you know the cash, but and that and it was right next door to a Google spot. Um, you know, AJ, um, AJ's, and mm-hmm. they charge you like ten dollars just to take twenty dollars out the ATM. Right, you know, facts. So I was like, "Listen, I don't got the cash, so I'm like, you know, what I mean, like, you know, but do your thing. But I I have my CD for free." So he's like, yo, if you're not gonna support me, I'm not gonna support you. No, it, by all means. It's all good. Then yeah, we you know, that was that's where it left off. So I get what you're saying, you know, from from the hounding to you know, he bugging, but you know, that's
1: yo, I was at every I was at every event. You taking me back. This is like 04, 05. Nobody knew me. I didn't have no kind of deal. I had a regular job, I had to go to work the next morning, you know what I mean? And I was at every event with a shoulder bag. If anybody know me from back then, they'll tell you I had a shoulder bag cause I wouldn't do a book bag cause then I look like a backpacker. So I had a shoulder bag, like a messenger bag. And I would have like 50 CDs in it, hundred CDs, whatever I could fit. Slimline joints, artwork, crazy, printed up, perfect quality, all that type of shit. And I would just hand them shits out to whoever I felt needed to have it. Like in the spot, like, yo, here, yeah, take that, take that. Oh, I right, bet, good looking. This is when heads were still bumping CDs. All right, good, good looking, good looking. And I would ring off. People would be like, yeah, I got, you gave me your shit at so-and-so spot, man. And I want to interview you for this. So I remember you gave me that shit. I see you doing your thing. That's what it was about, man. It was the long game. You had to pay a couple hundred dollars to get your shit pressed up. And you wasn't going to get that back. But it was the long game. You know what I mean? And it
0: worked. Word. But um, let's get into all the brilliant things. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind your new album and the title for it?
1: Oh... Uh, my neighborhood and all of these neighborhoods and, and and what we're looking at, whether you live in New York or anywhere else, but specifically in New York, you know, me being from Brooklyn. And um, so that and cultural appropriation, you know, the album's about gentrification and cultural appropriation and how the two go hand in hand and how they interlock with one another and how heavy those things are. But folks who look like us on here don't, don't really take heed to it or understand it or really put the, really take the time to break it down so that we can combat it and know how to survive within it and how to, how to fight back against it and 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 own what we create and own where we live and all those types of things. So I really wanted to put all that under a microscope and kind of break it down. So the album is a conceptual album from A to Z. It plays out like a book and every record is a chapter in this book. So every record makes sense within the context of the album. So there's no, yo, I got a joint where I'm just spitting going crazy three verses just killing you or, Yo, I got a record for the clubs or yo, I got a record for the females. Nah, every record is about this concept of gentrification and cultural appropriation. And it starts with the way my neighborhood was and it ends with the way my neighborhood is now. And it just takes you on this ride and this trajectory of what's been happening. And I'm super proud of it. You know, um, I was just telling somebody else, it's the longest I ever took to make an album. You know, normally I make albums in a week and a half, two weeks. You know, I did retropolitan with Pete Rock. We did that in 11 days you know, uh, The Easy Truth with Apollo Brown. We did that in nine days, you know, and this is writing everything on the spot. Like, I don't write ahead of time. I write at the studio. So let's say we was going to the studio. We meet up, we go to the lab. I'm not going to write until I get in the studio. Even if you sent me the beat months ago, I'm not going to touch it. I may hear it and be like, oh yeah, that beat is dope. I'm down. But I'm not going to touch the beat until we get in the lab. Then when I get to the lab, I break out the phone. I start writing for 20 minutes and I do the verse and then I leave. And I've just been blessed to be able to write fast. So I've done, you know, when we did Retropolitan, it was 11, 12 days writing every record in front of Pete. He can tell you, nah, Sky wrote that shit in front of me on the spot. Apollo could be like, nah, nine days. He wrote that shit on the spot. I say all that to say this album, it took a year and a half uh, for a lot of different reasons. One, um, I was working on Milestones, the, the project I did about fatherhood and father's day in the middle of this album. So I stopped this album to work on that because I just caught this inspiration to catch Father's Day last year before it passed or whatever. So I was like, yeah, I got to jump on that. So I paused the album for that too. I had vocal cord surgery. I couldn't talk for a month. I had to get my voice back and figure out how to get back into my, my range vocally. And then three, COVID hit and all the studios were shut down. You know, So I could, there was times I wanted to record, I couldn't record. So I actually wound up building a studio in my house and I did the second half of the album in my crib. Um, So, yeah, so that all made it play out a little longer. It's the longest I ever took to write an album. You know, like I said, normally I may write a verse in 20 minutes, write a whole song in an hour. I would sit down for like four or five, six hours on one song. I've never done that in my life. It is a first. Never in my life have I done that. But on this one, I just wanted to do it because I had so much to say. And I was really particular. Like, I may write a verse and read the verse over like 30 times before I step in the booth and then be like, Well, what if I take the sixth bar and I swap it and make it the 12th bar and I swap where those are? Okay, so if I do that, how does the song play out? How does that verse play out? How does that verse play within the landscape of the song? How does that play within the scheme of the album? So I really, really was on some like surgical shit. You know what I mean? So it was a different experience with this one and I love it. It came out perfect and I'm super excited about it.
2: We was going to ask you about your creative process, but you broke it down. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So normally it's just, you know, it's quick. You know, I write a verse in 20 minutes. I write a song in an hour. Then I go watch the game. Like, boom, we done. But with this one, I, I took a lot longer. I would sit there for, man, I might sit there for three hours with the beat playing and not write nothing and just be vibing to the beat for three hours and just kind of not to be, you know, on some, one with the universe and I am yours type shit, but like let the the, the beat become me or become one with the beat and really just sit there like and hear everything within it and then write like a line or two and then sit back and then just listen to the beat some more. And, you know, it was a slow process, but by choice. It wasn't writer's block. It wasn't nothing like that. It was by choice.
0: Word. And when when you're working on an album and you're, you know, the production part, what yeah. is very important for you when when searching for the production? Like, what is needed in your production?
1: I mean, I've been told I have a really dope ear for beats. Um, this website actually did a, an article a couple years ago, like the rappers with the best ears for beats. And it was me, Rick Ross, Game, Lil B, maybe one more. I forgot who. It was a real eclectic list, but it was cool. They threw me on there like, yo, Sky has like an impeccable ear for beats. With beats, the beat just got to talk to me. You know, I I can tell when I hear a beat in the first 10, 15 seconds if I'm going to like it. Like, I don't got to... If somebody send me beats, I don't got to listen to your whole shit, listen to the beat for two minutes. I don't need to, it to take that long for me to be sold on it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm usually sold right away. Now, I may listen to the whole shit if I'm sold right off the rip. I'm listening to it because I'm so excited. Like, yo, this shit is crazy. I don't want to stop hearing it. And I'm, I'm getting these ideas, and I want to see where, if the change-ups come in the hook. But I... The first 10 15 seconds, man. I know if I like it or not. Like, I'll run through a BCD quick, I'll be like, nah, that's not it. Nah, nah. Oh, there go one. Okay, I right, write that down. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. I can tell right away. Um, the drums gotta be nuts, the drums gotta hit. I'm big on pocket, the pocket gotta be right. I'm not crazy about super duper slow beats. Like, if, if it's a beat that I love and it's slow, we good. I could rhyme to anything, but I'm not crazy about the. But don't but don't like I'm not a fan of that shit. I like something with some movement, you know. What I mean, something like okay, word, all right, let me jump in here. Boom. But if if, if that's what we on and it's that slow, then cool, because sometimes the moment calls for that for the story that you're telling. But I like shit with a lot of movement. Being a jazz head, anything with trumpets is gonna get me excited off the rip. Uh, bass lines are huge, you know, just fully produced beats. I don't like when the beat is like a skeleton. And it's like, yo, if you like it, I'm gonna finish it. I hate that shit. Like, let me hear it finished. You know what I mean? Like, don't serve me the food half finished. Like, give me the whole shit. You know what I mean? Like, give me the whole meal. Like, yo, I know you got the chicken and and the rice, but I got some crazy asparagus and macaroni cheese coming next. Yo, just tell me when all that shit is ready and I can eat it at one
2: time. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's how
1: I look at production.
2: Have you ever found like a jazz beat that just started to just, just like rhyme off the top of your dome? Like, because I, me as a singer, like I find myself cre- recreating music through jazz. Like, oh, 100%. when I listen oh, you to said- Latin jazz, yeah, no, I'm a singer. Uh-huh. Um, but like when I do listen to like jazz or like Latin jazz or like the um Ray Barreto, um type of um beats, um, well, jazz because it's still jazz considered, like I find myself recreating stuff in my head or just recreating the whole song or sampling something from the song have right. you ever found yourself like getting lost in the jazz 100 100 um sometimes you'll hear a jazz
1: joint and just start me as an MC, it's harder to rhyme to just straight jazz joints <laughs> you know what i mean because you know the way jazz is it's harder to it's, just rhyme to it obviously you could chop it up and say yeah it and make it great endeavor, but just rhyming to a miles davis joint is a little harder because it's like 20 BPM, you know what I mean? Like, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So
1: as a singer, of course, you can go everywhere with that because you're a singer. So you can do so many different things within that, that realm. Uh, but I'll hear a record and be like, oh, I got to chop that. I got to chop this. I got to sample that. A lot of my records are jazz samples, jazz inspired, jazz samples that I added additional trumpets on top of or saxophones or whatever. So yeah, 100%. I mean, jazz is my favorite music period, you know? So I'm always inspired by it.
0: Word and um, for all the brilliant things, who has production on the new album?
1: Uh, who's on it? My man Mark Infinite is on it. Uh, Balonius Martin out of Chicago is on it. Rashid Hadi, Kenny Keys. Uh, who else is on it? I did a joint on there. Me and my man J57, uh, Twami is on it. Twami's crazy. Uh, who else? I'm trying to look at the track list in my head. My man Karl Marx did a crazy joint on there. A lot of newer guys, like on this one, there's not a lot of, oh shit, he got so-and-so and and -and so-and-so. Like There's none of that on this. It was more so just what I felt. I could have called this guy and called that guy or whatever and got whatever I wanted. But I was getting beats from so many places. I mean, the the opening record on, on the album is a beat that I heard on Instagram. My man tagged me on the gram and I was like, yo, this is nuts. And I wrote a comment like, yo, this is crazy. And then the kid DM me and was like, yo, appreciate the love, man. Well, yo, do you want it? And I was like, hell yeah. Like, here's my info. Send it to me. And he sent me the stems. The kid might have 900 followers. You know what I mean? Like, and I was, it was the nuts old beat. I needed it. I don't care who did the beat. Like, if it's nuts, it's nuts. You know what I mean? Like, give it up. I don't, it ain't, yo, well, son ain't, son ain't known. And he ain't this. And I don't care about that. Like, all I know is he got something that I need to help me tell his story. So there's a lot of newer guys on this record.
0: And that's dope because um, a lot of the times it'd be the newer guys who were trying to get placement or, you know, your style of music has inspired something that they produced. But a lot of the times they don't have a way in order to present it to the artists. Um, the only other artists I've known that have done that at times, um, 50 Jay. J. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's dope when when you know someone from you know of your caliber works with one of the newer guys.
1: Yeah, no, I always tell heads. I don't care who did the beat, man. I really don't. It's just got to be dope. you know, I've gotten beats from just Blaze and you know just some of the greatest producers ever and they're amazing. Those beats are amazing and, and we made amazing records. but I don't walk into a record saying, I'm gonna die if I don't get this one and this one and this one on the record. I'm gonna die if I don't get a beat from so-and-so and so-and-so. That's stupid, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, For me, it's just what's great. It could be just who's amazing and it could be, you know, uh, my man, Mark Infinite, who's amazing. Like it, it, you know what I mean? It's just about who got heat. I don't care. Because all these guys was new guys once, you know? Like, just first placement was the Harlem World joint, you know, the, I like it, I really like it joint. like. He was a new guy and it was like, yo, I got a guy in here who he got beats, man. He worked at the studio, he interned and he got beats and it was just blaze. He was a new guy. Nobody knew. Now just blaze is one of the greatest ever, but everybody was a new guy at some point, period.
2: Did your vocal surgery by any chance, like slow down the process with your album?
1: Yeah, because I had to pause, you know, um, I had the surgery and I couldn't talk for a month. So they, they was like, no talking and it was a gradual thing like okay the first two weeks don't utter a word the third week you could say like one sentence a day the fourth week you could do 10 minutes a day on day one 20 minutes day two 30 minutes day three it was crazy like so walking around the house with a dry erase board to talk to my family and having a conversation and you have to write everything yeah so so and so and so and then i'm like and they go yeah but blah blah blah. then i gotta erase it and it was awful, like it was really, really difficult. Like it was awful, like I just went in the room. I was like, I'm I was just writing down, like I'm going in the room, I'll see y'all tomorrow. You know what I mean? Cause it was awful, like I'm just gonna go in the room and watch Netflix and go to sleep. And they gave me a bunch of drugs and you know what I mean? Like it was awful, but it was needed cause my voice was gone. Like it, when I listened back to like videos of me talking to people or conversations, it was, it was crazy. Like I'm like, oh, I used to sound like that. Like it was gone, it was super raspy. And they told me if I spoke too early, I could lose it. And I would sound like Miles Davis, which is crazy because I love Miles Davis. But, you know, I would sound like that. like yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I got to I got to be real diligent on this and really like follow this regimen of not talking. So long story short, yeah, I lost time with that. And then the funny part was after I was able to speak again, when the doctor was like, Yo, you can speak endlessly, you can yell, you can whisper, you can do whatever you want. You're done. The first time in the booth was super weird. Like the first time recording again, I recorded just to toy around and see how it would sound. So it's kind of like if you tear your ACL playing ball, and they say, "Ah, mm. you, hell you could go shoot now." And you go in the gym and you shooting, and your form is weird, and you don't feel right, and you like, I don't feel good, man. Like it ain't, it ain't hitting high. I don't. Like the first time I went in the booth, like it was weird trying to rhyme. Like I, I, I was, I was kind of depressed that day. I was like, Yo, I don't sound right. I don't like how I sound. And I had to just get back into the nuances of my voice and how to talk within my larynx and around it and over it and how to do certain things. Now I'm fine. Now I'm totally back to normal, thank God. But that first couple of days, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. Like, because I just didn't. It ain't feel right. It was like trying to hit a crossover and it ain't feel right. But then after a while, that crossover come back. You're like, oh, I'm good. You know what I mean? So. Vocally, the pen never left, but vocally, it was, it was weird at first, man. It was scary.
0: Um, for all the brilliant things, um, what are some of the features?
1: Feature-wise, there's no rappers. Um, I wanted to tell the story myself. You know, like I said, the story's about my neighborhood. It's about Brooklyn. And any, anyone can relate to it if you're dealing with gentrification and cultural appropriation and things of that nature, no matter where you're from, you can relate. But the story is specifically about my neighborhood and Brooklyn as a whole. So if you didn't live on my block, how could you really be a feature on this album? You know what I mean? So that's why there's no rap features. But uh, singing wise, um, I've got Raheem Devon, who's my brother. We, this is like our fourth or fifth record together. Uh, Raheem is on it. BJ the Chicago Kid is on it. Hypnotic Brass Ensemble is on it. It was an amazing jazz hip hop fusion band. Uh, Then there's up and comers like Aria who's on St. James Liquors. She's amazing. She's a new rising star. She's on it. Another homegirl of mine who's really dope, C.O.L.E.N., she's on it. But these are people who heads don't know yet, but they're going to know. And again, just like the production, I don't care. Like, if your voice is nuts and it fits what we're doing, let's do it. Like, Jomi, you sing. If I hear you and I'm like, yo, she's crazy. That's the type of voice I want on this song. I don't care that you're not Rihanna. Like, I don't care. Like, you're dope. So let's do it. You know, that's just the way I work.
0: I co-sign for Jomi. Jomi is an amazing (laughs) vocalist.
1: Nice. I gotta and I'm hit. not, and I'm not right.
0: saying that because she my co. I'm saying that because she is fire.
1: I gotta get a link when we when we get off. I gotta get a link so I can press play on it. But um that's how I am. So feature wise, th- those are the features on the record.
0: Were any features you wish you had on, on the new album?
1: No. Nah. Besides
0: Ray Pearson.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. And Jomi. <laughs> there you go. Um nah, cause I got everything I wanted, man. I mean, there wasn't really anybody I reached out to that. It didn't go right, you know. I I got who I wanted. Uh, It made sense. I got everybody I wanted. I just wanted to tell a story a certain way. Oh, my man, Black Soul is on the record. I got to shout out Black Soul. He's amazing, man. Amazing, amazing R&B vocalist. Um, he's he killed it too. Black Soul is on the record. Um, but yeah, I I got everybody I wanted, you know. Because for me, I just wanted to tell a story. If I could sing, I probably would have had no features and just did it all. But I can't sing, so you know um it, it came out right though
0: word um i've always been a fan of album artwork and even like the album booklets mm-hmm. um, from the lin- from the li- from the liner notes to who produced the record so mm-hmm. like you know when you listen to an album and you you going through the book when you're listening it makes you feel more connected to the album while listening Absolutely. to it um the artwork for all the brilliant things, how did you explain what you visioned for, for that for that cover?
1: Yeah, it was um it was just this vision I had. I was walking down Fulton and Franklin one day in 2019, and I just saw what I used to know as a as a certain store being flipped into a condo, and I saw like the under construction signs, and I just stopped and I was like the fuck like you know what I mean I just stopped and was like really like another one and I just took a picture with my phone and I was like yo I'm gonna do something with this I don't know what yet, but I'm gonna do something with it and I took a picture of it on my phone and a couple of days later I was like yo that's the cover and you know with me since becoming a father everything in my life revolves around my son and I was like I'm explaining this to him I mean he's only three but I'm gonna explain this to him when he gets older so this is me explaining to him what gentrification is so we were gonna do a photo shoot in front of it like we you know I, I live in atlanta now i don't live in new york no more i live in atlanta now so we were gonna go back home to new york and do a photo shoot with my son and i with me pointing up at it and then COVID hit so we couldn't go nowhere so i was like damn how am i gonna pull this off and i was like well what if i just get it illustrated and i'm glad i did because everyone flipped out i think the picture of it would have hit hard too, but the illustration just tore people apart. Everybody was like, "Yo, this is nuts!" Like when I dropped it, people went crazy. I was like, "Yo, this artwork is beautiful. Like, this is amazing." So, um, yeah, I I reached out to uh, I reached out to this dude uh, Matthew Rockefeller, and he's an amazing cartoonist, you know, illustrator dude, and reached out to him, and he knocked it out, you know, and and it came out beautiful. I just explained it in the email, like I'm gonna send you this picture of you know that I took with my phone and I'm going to send you some some pictures of some outfits and me and my son, and I want us looking and me pointing up. And in two weeks, he sent it back. And I was like, yo, A+++, Heck. you know what I mean? Like, you you knocked it out the park, and it worked yeah, out. No,
0: that, that out. That artwork definitely, like, sometimes you don't have to have, like, a million things going on for people to get it. Mm-hmm. That artwork, but you, as soon as you see it, it's like, yo, I get it.
1: I get it, mm-hmm. you know? And the little Easter eggs, like in the corner, there's like a, a, a white couple walking, holding hands. You know what I mean? Like this, there's little Easter eggs, all of it. If you look, it says 1-800-rentme.com. Like there's all these little Easter eggs within it. And then when you open the full thing, like if you get the CD or the vinyl, when you open the full thing, the back is the other side of the street with the brownstones and the construction and all that. So it all comes together real nice.
2: You know, it's crazy that that's, really, that's happening here where I, I'm from North, New okay. Jersey. Yeah. So it's happening here like the gentrification is happening right that's, that's and the- yeah. yeah and that's how like when i was you know listening to it and when i was looking at the artwork i was like this has to this this all goes t- so perfectly together right and, My- and- <laughs> go ahead, sorry, go ahead. no i was just gonna ask how did you come up with the name like um
1: so i'm i'm big on like titles album titles song titles and the way i work I'll write, when I'm getting ready to write work on a record, like, okay, I'm going to start working on an album to drop it such and such time. I'll just come up with song titles sporadically throughout the days and just write them in my phone. And the album starts after I have 14, 15 song titles. Then I start the record. And I just started coming up with all these song titles and different things. But for the album title, I looked at what it was I was trying to talk about with gentrification and cultural appropriation. And I kind of took a step back and looked at the people who were behind it, everyone who was doing this, and I was like, yo, this is a really awful thing, but fuck, it's brilliant. The way they pulled it off is brilliant. The way they took our culture from us, this shit is brilliant. Like, when you hear brilliant, it doesn't mean it's it's something positive all the time. Something could be, like, the Joker was brilliant, but he was negative. He was horrible. You know what I mean? Like, Hitler was brilliant, but he was horrible. He was, You know what I'm saying? Like, just what he did was brilliant. So it's like, in the sense of, how, how intelligent it was, not meaning it was good or cosign before this goes another direction. So I looked at it and I was like, oh, this shit was brilliant. The way they pulled this off, like, it takes brilliance to pull this off the way they did it. So these are all the brilliant things, the things I'm talking about. These are the brilliant things that they pulled off as heinous and awful as they are.
2: That's sick. That's a dope. That's, that's dope. That's dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. For
0: real. Um, Skyzu, as we get closer to the end of our conversation, um, if you could, if you had the chance to go through your entire ca- catalog and picked out six songs, not in a best of Sky Zoo kind of way, but more as so your journey as a writer, what six songs would EP oh, your growth?
1: Man, I wish you would ask me this ahead of time. I would have thought about it and had them out. Let me see. Um, Langston's pen. Off of Live from the Tape. That's from 2010. That's an oldie. Uh hoodie season off of In Celebration of Us. Um, um. oh man. I'm thinking about some stuff from Retropolitan. Homegrown off Retropolitan. That's three. Oh my gosh. Um stretching Bob off of. The Easy Truth, that's four. Man, this is a tough question. Man, you gotta go to Dream Deferred, gotta go to um, Music for My Friends. Um, shit. this is a wild question. Um, things I Should Have Told My Friends, I Love That Record. We could go over six, we have five. Um, asking Bodie for a package. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Civilized Leisure. I'm not going to mention the new stuff because it's not out yet. But, uh, yeah. There's so much. Man, that's crazy. That's a wild question.
2: Where where did the name Sky Zoom come from?
1: So, my name is Skylar, as you can see in the Zoom thing. Um, And when I was a kid, when I was a toddler, like, I don't know, maybe a year or two old, there was a group a disco group out of Brooklyn named Sky, and they spelled it S-K-Y-Y. So if you're into disco, their shit is everywhere. It was a really big disco group from Brooklyn. And uh, they would always name their albums and songs. They were trying to incorporate the word Sky. So they had songs like Skyline, Skyrocket, Skyport, different things. And they had a record called Sky Zoo. And in the beat, there was a kazoo playing. And my family, like my aunts and my cousins and different extended extended family members, would call me Sky Zoo after the record. And the record's a straight disco joint. If you YouTube it or whatever, you're like, oh, this ain't hip hop at all. It's straight studio <laughs> or disco shit. And it's like, I want my, my Sky Zoo. Like with a kazoo and shit, it's crazy. But um, they would call me that when I was a toddler, just as a little nickname. Oh, Sky Zoo, Sky Zoo. And it stuck, you know, cause Sky is short for Skylar and, you know, and it stuck. And um, when I started rhyming, I knew nobody on the planet would have that. It was so weird and different. Nobody would have it. I would never run across somebody like, yo, that's my name, you know what I mean? Like, It was so unique and and unorthodox. Um, I ran with it. And man, in the beginning, people would say, yo, change your name, your name is weird, like labels and shit, you know what I mean? Yo, change your name. I remember taking a meeting with a a major label, like 03. I ain't gonna say the label, but um, the exec up there was like, yo, yeah, your shit is dope, your shit is dope. But why not you change your name? It was a woman. She was a female. She was like, why don't you just be Sky? She was like, the girls will like it. You cute. Blah, 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 blah. The girls will like you anyway. Just be Sky. And I was like, nah, I'm Sky Zoo. You know? And I was like, if 50 Cent can exist, if Jay-Z can exist, if AZ can exist, Sky Zoo can exist. And she was like, I guess. I get, You know what I mean? But, you know, she was like, you just change your name to Sky. And I was like, I'm good. Like, people were trying to give me the chance. Now it's like, you know? Once you make something normal for people, it's normal for people. You know, like mm-hmm. AZ, 50 Cent, that's like the wildest rap name ever. You know, your word. Y'all ja rules, like the wildest rap names ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. Now
2: it's worse. Little Yachty, Moneybag Yo. It's just a bunch know? of
1: rules on everything. <laughs> you know I mean? Your like, word. Or, or, or what, what's the new thing? Uh, young, like young this or young.
2: Young that or little you know, this or little I mean,
1: that. Why? Y-R-N or I don't know, you know what I mean? I don't I don't know these names and that's not a shot at their music because some of the music is dope, but just the names, like you said, they're all unorthodox now, but yeah, I was catching hell with Sky Zoo, you know what I mean? Now it's, yo, that's Sky Zoo, Sky Zoo, you know, like it's nothing, but I had to fight for that.
2: I think it sounds dope though. Like I don't, I wouldn't even tell you to change it because it's, it's really dope. Yeah, it's original. And, you know, well,
1: nobody can mm-hmm. now, it, 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 it done built a house of its own, you know what I mean? We sec-
2: you secured it, right? BMI.
1: Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh, I.
2: Of course, of course. I mean, you've been in the game long enough to know right. that. But yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Word. Um, what would what would be the greatest advice you would give us just starting out, Sky SkyZoo?
1: Oh, that I would give myself. Oh man. Um, that the game is corny. The game is corny, man. You know, um, you come in wide-eyed, wet behind the ears, excited. Yo, oh, snap. The game is corny, man. It's a bunch of suckers, man. Um, Just knowing that there's no loyalty, really. There's a little bit. There's no loyalty, really. Uh, And to, I I don't believe in regrets. I don't have no regrets. But just to know that there's no real loyalty in the game. The game truly is a game. But Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time that's coming up, if you love the music, that's what's gonna push you through. You know, if you don't love the music, you might be done with this shit in two, three months. Like y'all ain't doing this shit, I'm out. Because there's so much nonsense that come with it. But if you love the music, the music will push you through. Cause you like, yo, it's wild nonsense, but I love what I do. I love making music, so I can't leave it alone yet. I gotta stick it out and, and just let the music ride. Cause I love creating, you know? So I would tell myself, just know that the loyalty is not real with, with, with a lot of people in the game. Uh, the business is a business that's probably the best piece of advice. The business is a business and thank God I've been able to take care of my business the right way. I mean, I, I bought my house and multiple cars and stuff off of music. I haven't had a job since 2006. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm fine. I go on vacation when I want, I buy whatever I want. My son is spoiled. Like his room looks like Toys R Us, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm opening other businesses and other things. That's all off of music, whether it's my music, ghostwriting, touring, sales, like that's all off of music. So it's a blessing, and an honor to be able to say that you know when so many people can't so you know just just those little things
0: word um final question um with the with all the brilliant things dropping and everything starting to open up some are opening up at 100 capacity yeah. uh, what could we expect from sky zoo going forward
1: Oh man, well I'm doing this show, I'm doing this live virtual show on June 10th, the night before the album comes out. Uh you can log on to happen.com, h a p p i n.com and get virtual tickets. It's a virtual stream show. We did a small capacity like in attendance uh number of tickets. They sold out right away cuz it wasn't, you know, it's a small crowd because of COVID. So the venue has like a COVID control thing they can't but some people. So that sold out right away. But The tickets uh, for the virtual stream at home are still available. You know, uh, that's endless. So check that out. That's going to be dope. It's my first time touching the stage since December 2019, which is crazy. Mm. Year and a half. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. It's like not stepping on a basketball court for a year and a half. Like, oh, my God, what are we doing? You know, so. But it's going to be dope, though. I'm excited about it. So there's that. I don't know if touring is going to happen because we're still on the tail end of this. Hopefully it's the tail end, God willing and this thing is over soon, but you know, I, I don't know where touring is at, but as soon as we can tour again, you know, I'll be on the road, you know, but more videos, singles from the album, a ton of merch. I got a really, really dope merch lineup that I'm about to launch in a minute, right before the album drops. So a lot of different things in, in, in that, uh, in that regard.
0: Nice. Um, But one thing, and first off, before, before we even go into this next thing, once again, man, I, I I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about the album and your influences and you know your your musical journey, Sky Zoo, Thank you so much.
1: I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you listening and 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 you wanting to sit down. You know that's love. Both of y'all, that's love.
2: Word word. Um, I'm glad you're a Yankee fan too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know it's, it's it's New York, man. You know, you know I'm 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 good with. I'm good with either team winning. I mean, I'm more of a Yankee fan, but um, if, the, if the Mets win, I'm good.
2: Don't mess it up now. We was all good until you started talking about the Mets. No, no, no. We <laughs> – no, I'm, I'm a Yankee
1: fan. I'm a Yankee fan. But if the Mets – I'm not sitting there wanting them to lose. Like, you know, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, um, I'm, I mean, I'm a Yankee fan 100%. Uh, I'm a Giants fan. But if the Jets do a little something, it's like, eh, whatever. But with the Knicks, it's the Knicks over everything. So I've been biting my tongue, my man, with his hat on over here.
0: Nah, it's only because Ooh. it says Brooklyn. I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan. I've been a Knicks fan since Starks and Ewing.
1: Okay, we 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 can get you a Brooklyn hat that, that don't say the Nets. We gotta figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> get you a Brooklyn Dodgers hat. You know what I mean? We 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 got we got to do it. Nah, I'm like, oh, my man got got that on. My man over there on that. Okay, you know what I mean? Because I, I don't mess with those guys at all. But nah, um, I got
0: a I got a blue and orange um. Biggie. Like it's the Knicks, oh, but with Big's face.
1: Oh, that's crazy. That's yeah. sick. I don't think really I've yes. ever seen that. That's crazy. Oh, shit. My bad. Oh, shit. Let's, let's, let's see what's up. Let's we'll take
2: a Oh, wow. Yo, yeah, that, that is go. sick. That there you go. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Oh. Put that on. He's right. like Take oh. that off. Burn <laughs> there you go. it.
1: There we go. Burn it. That's the neat <laughs> one too. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh,
2: Got it, it off luxurious. Amazon.
1: That's- nice. And then- Oh wow!
2: Oh, yeah, bro, you should have been had that one on. Get <laughs> out of here!
1: So you, so you're a super duper Yankee fan?
2: Me? Yeah, I, I was. I just literally left um, watching my niece play softball. I used to coach. Oh, my good. team used to be the Yankees too. dope! dope.
1: That's dope. That's what's up. So yeah, yeah. you know, word it up, word it up. <laughs> yeah, now I appreciate the time sitting down with y'all, man. This is it's been a good one.
0: Word, but Sky Zoo. The floor is yours. Please plug anything and everything you want to talk.
1: Oh, man, all the brilliant things. June 11th, you know, tap in with me, man, as as we go down this road and and try to break down some of these things that may or may not make sense to us uh, living in the cities that we live in, being creators of content and culture and seeing it be stripped away from us and being told what's us and what isn't, which is asinine and insane. You know what I mean? So. We're trying to get to the bottom of all that. So, all the brilliant things, June eleventh. Oh man, uh, Instagram at SkyZoo, the writer. Everything spelled out the right way. I went to school. Uh, let me see. Um, and shout to you guys, man! Like, shout to you guys and, and everybody listening and watching. Go get Ray Pearson music. Go get Jomi Lowe's music. Go tap in, tune in with them. And uh, yeah, we all here. We all here, just creating what we creating out of the love and 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 for the. For the culture and just pushing it forward and, and paying it forward as they say
2: give them your social media your soundcloud where they gonna yeah. find your music
1: yeah instagram at sky Zoo, the writer um you can find me on there twitter at SkyZoo. yeah i'm around
2: everything sky Zoo, ladies and gentlemen leave it
0: word word um and as we end this amazing conversation Um, I want to thank everyone who's who's took the time out to check out every episode from this season, um, from Johnny Denver all the way to Sky Zoo. Um, Thank you if you're a first-time listener. Salute if you're a returning supporter. I thank you. Um, This was a dope, dope season. It had its challenges. It had its ups and it had its downs. But we here, we're live, we're in good health mentally and spiritually. Once again, I go by the name of Ray Pearson. I go by the name of Joe Lowe's And on that note, y'all already know how end the season. Right. Swap it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen. Oh, love of the world! Tonight, grab your drinks, grab your popcorn, get your notebooks. This is quarantine around. Yeah, live from your mobile phone, TV, or PC. I'm on whatever screen you own, jumping from tabs to apps. I suggest you don't. I promise you'll miss out. Uh-huh. On information that is vital, what I do is feature guests I'm even calling them the best, so I'm going viral What idols are so classic, go, like cassette CDs and vinyls You already know it's time for my show, right?